Welcome to Africa as we know it, episode 10. This is Gerald, and I'm glad to be here with you once again. So on this show, um, we recap fascinating stories that made the headlines on the African continent over the past week. And the just-concluded Kenya general elections is one of them. So last week, I gave some background information on the Kenya elections. Uh, the incumbent, Uhuru Kenyatta, was going against Raila Odinga, the leader of the opposition party. So now, as a follow-up to last two weeks' discussion, the election did occur on the 8th, and the country's electoral commission announced the results on the 10th. So Uhuru Kenyatta, who, by the way, is the son of Kenya's first president, Jomo Kenyatta, was declared the winner of the election with 54% of the vote. Odinga received 44%. And as you, you, know, you can guess, this was definitely a big blow for the opposition, which immediately uh, rejected the results. So now some reports are indicating some incidents of uh, protests and, uh, and violence in some opposition strongholds and slum areas in uh, Nairobi. But however, international observers who were on the ground um, in Kenya um, over the past week and during the elections have endorsed the results and they consider, um, they've considered the elections free and fair. So it's unclear at the moment whether the opposition intends to take its grievances to court. Um, the opposition has expressed concerns over fraud and hacking. So we will be watching to see how the situation uh, develops. But for me personally, um, I hope that there are no further acts of violence and a repeat of what happened uh, during the 2007-2008 um, election cycle. Um, I always find it unfortunate when, when uh, the people uh, suffer, uh, when uh, results don't go the way of one party or the other. And I just hope that both parties can find an amicable solution you know where there's no violence um, results are um, results are accepted and any grievances that any party feels that they have are taken to court and let the courts decide and I think the more we are able to solve some of our issues through the court system um, the better the better sometimes the violence is need is, is unnecessary and it just affects um, lives tremendously. So uh, we'll continue to um, watch um, what's going on in Kenya. And um, if there's any notable development, um, I will provide um, further, further updates. So uh, let me move on to my next uh, headline, next highlight that I, I want to share with all of you. Um, and this takes us to Southern Africa, takes us to South Africa. And... Uh, this has to do with the presidency of Jacob Zuma. So this past week, President Jacob Zuma, he survived his eighth no confidence vote. Eighth <laughs> no confidence vote um, in South Africa's parliament. So basically, a no confidence vote or motion is a statement which states that a person in a position of responsibility, in this case, the president, right, is no longer de deemed fit to hold that position. 
So this motion was put forth as the president's close ties to the wealthy Gupta family continues to be scrutinized. You know, so I'm sure some of you may have heard about the Gupta family in South Africa. But for those of you that are not familiar or are not aware of this family, I will just provide you a little background of the Gupta family and the role they play in uh, South Africa's business life, in South Africa's political environment, um, in its economy, its social life, in, 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 in every aspect. So I'll provide you a brief background of the I guess you can call them infamous or notorious, you know, or controversial Gupta family in South Africa. So the Gupta family, um, it consists of, well, I guess the original, um, the original, I guess, class or group of the, of the Gupta family comprised of three brothers, three brothers who moved um, to South Africa from India in 1993 so you know they came they came into the country these three brothers and they started with a small computer business um, company you know they founded that I believe it's called um, and I'll verify this next week but I believe it was called Sahara Sahara computer computer company you know but I'll, I'll, I'll verify the name so they started with this small computer business and now, you know, their business has grown to include energy, technology, weapons and manufacturing companies, as well as uh, media interests. So reportedly, they own a, a, a news network, which is, uh, I guess, a 24-7 um, news network um, in, um, in, uh, in South Africa. So now, over the years, the family has become very close um, to uh, President Zuma. And South Africans believe that there is a connection between the increase in wealth of the Gupta family and their access um, to the president. And reports indi also indicate that the Guptas use their links with the president to also influence cabinet appointments and to get contracts and deals from state companies so as you can imagine the, the the family is extremely wealthy you know they are one of the richest families in south africa they are billionaires and for many people in south africa their continued access to the president has allowed them to build um this success and uh when when i was uh like reading up on on this story and doing more research you know on this particular story for you know for the the, the, the podcast, I kept thinking about, you know, like here in the United States, you know, people always wonder, like, what is President, President Trump's fascination with Russia? Like, why does he love Russia so much? And while I was reading, re reading up on, on this situation with the Guptas and President Zuma, I kept asking myself the same question. Like, why does the president, uh, President Zuma, love the Gupta family so much? It seems that they are so intertwined, their, their business dealings in every way whatsoever, in one way or the other, is designed to please or to satisfy the Gupta family. 
you know so that's one that's one analogy that came to my mind i could just see you know people in south africa wondering in their heads like what what is this love and uh, and and uh and and crush that president zuma has um for the for the for the gupta family you know but that's again that's just a side note you know so recently um at least 100,000 emails um between exchange between the gupta family and and their associates were leaked and these emails according to reports indicate a complex web of government contracts which include kickbacks and also um some money laundering activity you know that's been you know that has been done by the the gupta family and their associates you know so now going back to the vote of no confidence and um that that uh president zuma survived uh, this this past week um so even though the motion did not pass um reports indicate that several members of the president's own party which is the african national congress the party of nelson mandela um they said several members of the party voted against um president zuma a situation which would not have occurred in the past so while this is a significant development in my mind it still shows that the ANC is not fully willing to break with President Zuma even when there are clear signs of corruption even when there are clear signs of government of, of um, interference into government affairs by this wealthy um, Gupta family members of the ANC are not willing you know to break with you know the gupta family and at, at at the at the moment the gupta family it's it's almost um akin to um corruption you know you hear gupta family everybody automatically thinks about corruption and now their businesses are being affected by the stigma that comes with their name you know so now they're i i i, I was reading that one company has even been removed from the south african stock exchange and at some point they are, the, the the family is even considering closing its family its business operations um in south africa you know so we have a situation where um a family has been able you know to to influence the direction of the country to such an extent is very very troubling and the fact that um, government officials are not willing to hold a president accountable you know for what seems like shady deals um is 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 quite unfortunate but uh president zuma's presidential term ends in december um of this year so i i think what's going to happen is uh, members of his party are just going to wait for the clock to run out they know that he's going to be out soon so you know just let the clock run out december is going to be here um in no time so they'll, they'll just wait for him to go and hopefully the next person can come in and and restore some dignity you know to um you know to to the presidency so my personal thoughts on this you know to add to what i've said before is that uh the situation in south africa like it really highlights the influence of big money on politics and how it co- contributes to corruption in the system so now if all this reporting is accurate 
basically South Africa is being controlled by a, a family that has the president's ear thanks to the financial support they have provided him over the years and just looking at it from an economic standpoint this is just not good for the business environment and basically other companies who may pro may provide better services than the companies that the guptas have they're not going to be able to compete because they're not going to get the contracts they're not going to get the deals it all is all going to funnel to one company so it's not good for business it's not good for the business environment it's not good for competition um it's just not good for the country so it is my hope that these issues will be rectified rectified as soon as possible but but i'm glad that the public is aware and the public is paying attention and there have been a lot of protests against president zuma a lot of protests against the gupta family and their activities and in in south africa you know and like i said earlier you know their reputation um has been really destroyed you know by by all the reports that are that are coming out but um just to before i conclude um one thing that has really um puzzled me is about leadership and this is just about leadership in in general is when does a leader you know, anywhere you know in um in africa in the us um Latin america anywhere like when does a leader make that conscious decision to enrich himself or herself at the expense of others like you know like how does that transition happen you know like do they even realize when it's happening you know or maybe or maybe that's just a byproduct of power it reminds me of the term you know absolute power corrupts absolutely so so maybe there's no escaping corruption but i still believe they are decent good-natured leaders that want to serve their people and intend to lead for the right reasons not for fame or fortune but to actually improve the lives of their citizens so power shouldn't necessarily corrupt you power can also be a tool to do the right thing to serve your people to build schools hospitals to improve your economy that's what power should be used for not just as a means to get wealthy to be powerful build houses have private jets ruin your country power can be used for good so i refuse i refuse to to go along with that notion you know that that absolute power corrupts absolutely it can it can if you do not have a foundation 
in honesty, in truthfulness, in caring, yes, you can be corrupted. But if truly, truly, you want to do good things for your people, for your country, you will make an attempt to withstand the temptation to destroy your country and to destroy yourself. So if all the allegations against President Zuma are true, then December cannot come soon enough. South Africa, the country of Nelson Mandela and other anti-apartheid heroes deserves real selfless leadership and not the shameful spectacle that's currently taking, taking place. So I hope that people in South Africa continue to protest, continue to make noise, continue to express their displeasure at the shameful situation that's taking place. And then I also hope, I mean, I know that the opposition parties in South Africa are not putting this issue to rest. They continue continue you know to um, encourage protests but it's one thing for the opposition to make noise it's even better and makes a bigger difference if members of the president's own party the party of nelson mandela and i think this is even the most heartbreaking situation of it all this is the party you know because i and i've said this on the previous podcast Growing up in in Southern Africa, growing up in Zambia, the ANC, the African National Congress, was part of curriculum. I remember being in the third grade, third or fourth grade, learning about the ANC, African National Congress, learning about their leaders, Oliver Tambo, Walter Sisulu, all those great guys from that generation, about what the ANC stood for, fighting for freedom. And now this is what's taking place. This embarrassing situation where you have the government being sold. It's quite unfortunate. So members of the party, the African National Congress, the great African National Congress, need to wake up and do the right thing to restore the image of their party. Because Lord knows Nelson Mandela will be tremendously upset if he knows that he went to prison for 27 years and this is what his, his party has become. It's quite shameful. So thank you again for listening to this episode. It's been a pleasure sharing my thoughts with you today. And until the next time, Until next week, stay safe. This is Gerald signing off, Africa as we know it. Enjoy your week.